0: I compare my life to like a pint glass sometimes, like you, I feel like I've only got so much room hmm. and so my life fills up with stuff. But at the end of the day, there's just got to be a little bit of room at the top for like the foam on the beer, right? Mm-hmm. This is an unexpected stuff that happens in life. And there has been a ton of unexpected stuff this year. So like once you put in like yeah. marriage, kids, like job in a foreign language, like in a foreign city, like you're getting like so close to the top of the pint glass yeah. that when crazy stuff happens, like here's a novel coronavirus from, you know, the ends of the earth that's like the whole world's gonna shut down and you're gonna, we didn't even talk about this, our our son, we delivered our son, Joy delivered him like <laughs> at home. Like we were literally like in the room oh, next yeah, door in long... the middle of a global pandemic. Like. It was crazy. And so, how do you balance all that? Like, there's no way to balance. There's no such thing as balance in that scenario. gotta bring up
1: our
2: fight i mean i'm usually right
1: but that's (laughs) it's not gonna happen never no way let's go back (laughs) don't share that story hang on did i go too fast you just jumped to purpose which is you you're a visionary i see your connection here (laughs) love or work
2: welcome to the love work podcast this is jeff and i'm andre yeah
1: (laughs) are you getting tired honey
2: i mean we've done a few interviews today people don't know that we kind of group them
1: we go, we did, we've done multiples. We're right. on a multiples day.
2: We're out on a multiples. We have a great one today with an old friend.
1: Yeah. So tell us about your relationship with Joy.
2: With Joy? Well, it's not just with Joy. It's Joy and Matt.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying you had a relationship a long time ago with Joy.
2: I've never, that sounded like I dated her. <laughs> I did never dated Joy. <laughs> okay. You think I did? No. Have you ever wondered
1: this? You never <laughs> asked me. No, you guys were very good friends.
2: We were. I dated a girl that was like her, one friend. of her best friends. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we hung out often. Yeah. Um, in
1: Lansing, Michigan.
2: And we were both pastor's kids. Yes. And two really healthy churches in in Lansing, Michigan. And so we were the pastor's kids. And, uh, and you
1: bonded in that.
2: Yeah. And then it ended up being like, we were kind of like brother, sister, honestly. We hang out. We kind of give each other a hard time. And honestly, I've always really been Respected thankful for Joy as a friend. I loved her. Yeah. yeah. She's so
1: great. So yeah. today we interviewed Joy and her husband, Matt. And uh, Joy is the founder of Punchline Agency. Um, so she's a literary and speaking agent. Uh, Matt is in energy and sustainable finance. And this is fun because they are an American couple living in Paris. Yeah, And so we get to ask a whole lot of fun questions about living internationally. Well, in that whole
2: process, right? And
1: yeah, why they moved and what did that look like for them? And um, so this is a really, really fun and unique podcast today.
2: Love it. Uh, so well, what
1: should we be listening for? Well, the pint
2: glass analogy. Oh, yeah. That's that was, one.
1: That was good. Uh, number
2: two, being married... To the daughter of the authors of Love and Respect.
1: Well, you have to say what Love and Respect is. It's a book. It's a, it's it's a, a
2: very well-known marriage book. Marriage book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and number three, yawning with your kids.
1: <laughs> I can't
2: believe he said that one. <laughs> I mean, I could have said a lot of things here.
1: There was a lot, a lot of good ones.
2: Before we get to this interview, I do want to make a quick little, I don't know, blurb in there shout out, about this new resource we have Plug. called Make Love Work. Andre and I spent an extended amount of time on video, making
1: too much time,
2: a whole video series around purpose and relationships. And um, we think it could be really encouraging for you. Or it could be really encouraging for someone you love. So you might be listening to this, you might be thinking, I have a son or daughter that could really be encouraged by this. Or I have a friend that, really wants to invest in their relationship and give this to them as a gift for Christmas or the holiday season. The other way to do that is to think about gifting our book to someone that you appreciate. You may even be leader of a company or something like that. Maybe this is something you could give to your staff to encourage them, especially in such a weird season that we're in right now. If we could do something that can encourage the relationships of the people you love, I think it could be a good thing. LoverWorkBook.com
1: Make Love Work. Today, we're going to hear from our dear friends all the way from Paris, Matt and Joy Egridge-Reed.
0: Eight or nine years ago, uh, we had a mutual acquaintance try to set us up, um, and we were both not interested. So I had heard that Joy was like, she had like a blog about relationships, and I was like, what am I going to be like, you know, the monthly blog post or something like oh, that? Oh, man. And so, i'm like no and then she heard that i had worked in politics which i wasn't anymore at the time uh but she I
3: was like i don't want
0: to do with politics what's that so <laughs> she was like no so mutually didn't want to date and so you know life moved on we both i think saw other people and then
3: but they had given the person had told us each other's names and so We went to the same church. Yeah. So I would
0: like see her at church and be like, oh,
3: there's joy. And yeah. And I didn't, I had seen him and, you know, when you're at church and you're single, you know who all the other single people are. And I, you know, hadn't been interested, but then he dated who I considered like the hottest girl at our church. And so I was like, well, if he pulled her, I mean, maybe there is something to him. (laughs) So anyway, so he was, in, he was in the back of my
0: mind. Uh, well, so anyway, the, the it, you know, we came to a season where we were both kind of like single again. And I was in a place where I was kind of ready to consider dating people again. And I had a friend say, Hey, could I set you up? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so, so
2: wait, Joy was like a rebound? Was that kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> <I was> like-
3: <laughs> Exactly? Uh, Better than stealing him from the hot girl. no, it's actually
0: uh it's it's interesting. I actually was in a place where I really didn't I, th- I listened to one of your other podcasts and someone was mentioning how they were just, they just like took kind of a step back from dating. And that's kind of what I had done. Cause I just want to sort of let the dust settle. And so it was just finally in a place where I was like, okay, I think I would be willing to date again. And so I had one of my best friends say to me, well, can I set you up? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, I'd set you up with joy. And like Joy said, I'd been kind of aware of her, you know, I'd always thought she was cute. So I was like, okay, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's do this. And, um, so yeah, he, I, he gave me her email, I think, and I sent her an email like, would you like to meet for a meal or something? <laughs> and uh, she was like, yeah, so we met for lunch.
3: Yeah, I put it at midday. No, I'm yes. gonna, like the like,
0: spoiler alert here, like the first three dates like did not, well, I thought they went great, but they didn't go well. He <laughs> wasn't
3: reading the room?
0: Dennis. And uh, so, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'll meet you for lunch. What I didn't know is at the time Joy was in a well you were like doing this summer <laughs>
3: He's trying to say this kind dating of dating like, I was dating anybody and everybody ah! <laughs> I was doing online dating I was telling all of my friends like set me up with anybody I was like I'm doing a summer of fun like I'm just out I will go out with anybody so you come to find out I yes. had this
0: sort of like carefully considered like I think I'm ready to date again and Joy was just like you know whatever kind of crossed her path she's like yeah in. we can <laughs> on a date. Um, she so probably we
2: had multiple dates that day actually
3: well i did
0: the lunch date so she probably had someone slotted in for dinner um, and it
3: sounds like i'm really cool and it's not it was literally like i was telling everybody like i want to do this like i don't care who they are like this is a practice for me and it was it was like not always fun there were some really crazy guys so anyways <laughs> He wasn't crazy. He was great, but I didn't feel like there was chemistry. I was kind of like, I'm just, you know, okay, this guy that worked in politics, you know, he's really nice. Like, and we went out a few times. This is what makes me seem shallow. I made a joke at one point and he, and it was with a little bit of physical comedy and he was like looking away and he didn't get it. And I was like, "Well, this is—he doesn't think I'm
1: funny, so we're done. We're <laughs> done. That's I the deal breaker.
3: It was. I just was like,
0: I'm not into this. So yeah, that was so. This first date, we went and met for lunch. Second day, and she just asked me questions like the whole time. So I didn't really learn anything about her. The second date, I was interested and I thought, okay, well, let's get together. And I was trying to think of like a way we could do that. So I came up with like an excuse to have a barbecue at my house and just like invite <laughs> a bunch of my friends and then called Joy and said, I'm having some friends over. Do you want to come over? All casual. And she comes over to my house and I had this like patio at my house at the time. And she sits in like my chair on my deck, which is like the <laughs> biggest chair and proceeds to just like hold court and like interview all my friends basically. Uh, Again, so she's the one asking all the questions and I didn't really get a chance to like learn about her. At the end of that, I was like, look, I feel like I haven't gotten a chance to know you yet. Could we like meet up after church sometime and just like hang out? And like, so she said, yes. So we met up. And we like rode bikes around Portland. We did a bunch of different stuff. And so the, the moment I remember, though, and this is where I realized just how poorly it had been going, <laughs> where, where I'm, it's the end of the day, and I we're like riding back to Joy's apartment, kind of like side by side on our bikes. And I realized I'm going on a trip the following week, so I'm not going to be around. And I go, oh, I'm leaving next week. I'm really bummed that like I'm not going to see you again for a while. And it's just crickets, like dead. <laughs> silence, as we're
3: like Lie and say I was <laughs> bummed. I wasn't like you goes, were
2: expecting something, right? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Whatever, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I just wrote. I got so awkward, and I just rode off. <laughs> I just was like,
0: <laughs> she goes, mm-hmm. okay, bye." <laughs>
3: <laughs> so. Anyway, so then. So how do you
2: bounce back from that moment?
0: Yeah,
3: that's what's impressive is that I feel like most people, guy or girl, would like get really like get their pride hurt and just be like, okay, I'm out. And I felt like, okay, I needed to clearly communicate that I wasn't like feeling it. We'd gone out a few times and I just said, Hey, you know, I feel like maybe we should push pause on, you know, going out anymore. And just the way he responded wasn't like, Oh yeah, no problem. Whatever. You know, he responded in a way that was just, it actually made me like him more. He was just like, totally understand. Like. Um, you know, I, we do have a ton of mutual friends. Like if I do have another barbecue or something, like, do you want to come or, you know, I don't want things to be awkward. He said it better than I'm saying it. And I was like, yeah, totally. You know, if something's happening, like I'd love to come. And so then he really actually honored that, but it wasn't in an annoying way. Like,
0: so I would text her every now and then be like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. And there's some people, you know, and you? and she was like, no, no, <laughs>
3: but that I wasn't brushing him off. I, <laughs> <laughs> and I really, during that whole, because that was at the end of the summer, yeah, and that whole the fall, fall yeah. that's where things started to change for me, because he was just kind. Like, anytime I'd see him around, like, he was just genuine, he wasn't, like, trying to play any games, he'd ask me how I was doing, but then he also would just, like, leave. And I remember one time at church seeing him. And he had just gotten back from a trip and we kind of had a little bit of small talk. And then he's like, well, it's great to see you. And like walked away. And I kind of was like, Oh, I would, I would like to keep talking to him, but I don't want to be that type of woman. That's just like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then also every guy that I knew that knew him um, during that fall, if they heard that we had gone out and that I wasn't into it, they were like, you're crazy. Cause he is like the greatest man we know. And so that like played over in my head. And I'd be like, Oh, so I started thinking like, man, I wish there was just a guy like Matt Reed that <laughs> laughed at my jokes. <laughs> at my jokes. Um, and and it just like over time, I think I just got more interested. And then Christmas came and he threw like the party of all Christmas parties. But it was a
0: similar I was having. I was throwing a Christmas party and it had been months at this point since our summer date. And I texted to, and a bunch of her friends were coming And at this point. I was like joy's great like i'd still be interested but like truly if she's not interested in me like there's a bunch of great single guys coming to this like she if she's not gonna date me she should at least date one of my friends so she comes to the party
3: and it was awesome and then we were like the last two people there and we ended up kissing under the burnside bridge (laughs) (laughs) oh that changed Literally, like, two weeks later, he was meeting my parents in Michigan. So Ten days,
0: ten later, days later, I met her family in Michigan.
3: He came for New Year's Eve. Like,
0: and then seven months later, we were engaged. So um, when it happened, it happened really fast. So, like,
2: just, so we for, older. just for clarity and just yeah. a little detail, well, you were kissing. But, like, was it this the moment where, like, because if I was <laughs> Matt, I would have been like, I'm not I'm not falling for this thing again. And I'm not going to make a move <laughs> Did but, Joy okay, make so- the move.
0: What is the more detail here, That There is
3: a little bit of context. We were sitting, so he, we had it at our friend's, or we didn't have it. He had the party at our friend's um, ad agency. And so after he locked up and we, he walked me back to my car, we were sitting in my car talking. Well, the Burnside Bridge, if you've ever been to Portland, some seedy things can happen under the Burnside Bridge. And so all of a sudden, a cop car pulls up. And there's two cops.
0: And truly, we were just sitting in her car because it was like cold and I wanted to keep talking to her. And I had to like, it was, you know, late at night and I had to close up my buddy's like event space. So
3: there's two mag lights in our window all of a sudden with cops knocking on the door. And I'm like, oh my goodness. We rolled down the window and they're like, we're not making this up. This is how the police officer of the question. Is there any heroin happening in here? (laughs) That's what he said. And we were like, I just, broke. Like, I didn't even know what to say. Joy's like,
0: just looking at me like, what are we doing? <laughs> I go, nope, no, <laughs> no heroin in here. Like,
3: We're like in Christmas party outfits, you know, um, <laughs> nothing attached to our arm. So anyways, the police said, okay. And they left, they believed us. They <laughs> left. And I was so like cranked up that like, we had just had this interaction that I was like, uh, what was the most logical thing they should they should know that we weren't doing heroin and that we were in here probably kissing? So I said, "You should probably kiss me." <laughs> <laughs> ah,
1: so she gave the green light. Uh, that was good. That was a good one. That's a good. That's a good. Joy's really good at I this. I mean,
3: from both me and the cop. When you say <laughs> <laughs> set up from the cop, follow up by me. <laughs> oh, All right, goodness.
1: so. Let's let's first say how long have you all been married?
0: February 26, 16, 2016. So almost five years. Yeah. Five okay. years in February.
1: Okay. And how many kids? Two. Two. All right. And now let's fast forward because you're married and enjoying life in Portland together. And then you decide to make a big drastic move and change in your life. How did that come about?
3: We were older. I think that's one of the reasons we kind of knew once we did start dating that we were going to get married pretty quickly because
0: I was almost in my mid-30s when we started dating.
3: And so one of the conversations that we had when we were, you know, I think engaged was just like, I think there was something where we were mourning the fact that we hadn't found each other earlier.
0: Yeah, we'd had a Mm -hmm. bunch of friends who, you know, they got married in their early 20s. And so they had the chance to get like... The metaphor I used... It's like they just had the chance to get all these miles on the odometer, you know, yeah. over a longer period of time. And so our approach was like, listen, we don't have the same amount of time before we probably have kids, but like we can step on the gas mm. and like cover as much ground as possible. And so we kind of made a choice to, is living in Portland for a while and, you know, in our early 30s being single, like we had a ton of friends, like really good friends in this wonderful community we kind of took a step back from that. like dedicate to getting to know each other and like learning how to live together and what it means to be married.
3: But then even on top of that, like um, once we moved here and we moved here for his job. So he worked for a company that was owned by, the French electric company, and uh, so I was like, hey, if we can ever get a job in Paris. Yeah, like- literally,
0: like, we were dating, and she finds out I'm working for a French company in the U.S., she's like, hey, <laughs> listen, here's the deal, you work for a French company, if they ever offer you a, jo- a job in Paris, I will marry you.
1: Yes!
3: <laughs>
0: and it turns it's out they offered me a job in Paris six months after we got married. Yeah, so I'm
3: not a shell. I was so.
0: assured that she didn't marry me for that, <laughs> but kind of... <laughs> It worked
3: out. Um, So, yeah. So then I think to add to that, like when we, when anyone finds out you're moving to Paris, it's amazing how many people are like, uh, my cousin's nephew's brother is traveling there. Can they stay with you? (laughs) And, uh, so we, once we started realizing, oh, that's going to happen. We did two things. We intentionally got an apartment with one bedroom (laughs) (laughs) and we drafted like a template response. We felt mean at first, but then the way that we communicated in our email, like back to people of why we were taking this year just for us, people got, like people respected. Like we felt like, oh, we're going to be so rude. And then once we explained, like we got married later in life, we are hopefully going to be able to start having children maybe in a year or two. This year is for us. Like, we're not having visitors. And then people are like, oh, that's great.
0: And we and the template, to be fair, was so that we could, like, be consistent with all these people who were, you know, important to us and wanted to see us. But just also, it was so it didn't also trigger, like, a negotiation between us each time of, like, how are we going to, like, explain what we're trying to do? Like, we just had this, like, it was literally like a shared notes file on our phone <laughs> of like this. No. And also that we're kind of like saying the same thing to everyone.
2: Just for clarity on what you're trying to do, it, it sounds like you're like, we want to take a year and just find each other in way deeper ways and have this experience together. And is yeah. that, is that something like, or what, what was it that you were trying to do? Well,
3: mm-hmm. well, I think what, like what he said, we were trying to get more miles on the odometer because yeah. we were like, no matter which way we cut it. Like our friends, sure, we have friends that got married in their early 20s and had kids right away. But like a lot of our friends got married younger and had at least like three to 10 years, just the two of them building this foundation. And so we were like, we just the logistics of hosting people, like we weren't telling people you cannot come to the city of Paris. We were just saying... We're not gonna host because we're still figuring out being a married couple. I knew even from the one year that we lived in Portland, anytime we had people come and visit, that was like the time that we got into the most fights. Because we we both we love our friends and we like hosting. I almost said love, and I was like, Yeah, we like hosting. <laughs> we want to love hosting, but we're just like we operate really differently. And so we we're like, wow, we got into quite a few. Bites, like before people came to visit or before we threw a dinner party. And as you can see, like he's someone who threw a lot of parties <laughs> We just function and do that differently. And so we were like, let's cut that element out so that we can have like this adventure of a year before we know like having kids is another adventure, but it's just different. Yeah. And
0: to get back to your point about like wh- wh- how did the whole Paris thing happen when the opportunity came along not only did she said, oh, I'll marry you if you get a, offered a job. So I already knew she was interested, but it also felt like this is like totally in line with what we're trying to do in terms of like, let's just spend a little bit of time together. Yeah. And so moving to a foreign country and like I talked to other people who would lived abroad and they're like, man, you'll never rely more on your spouse than you do when you live abroad with them. You'll never know them more. Like you're in a country, you don't speak the language. Everything's different. All this stuff like you're just going to have to rely on each other. It felt like a challenge, like in the context of that, like let's just really focus our time together. A challenge that would be like really enriching, and so it felt like a great opportunity.
1: Okay, so I've lived internationally a lot, so I know that that's like the beautiful vision, the the ideal of what this beautiful adventure of your first year is going to look like. And then there's the reality that Matt is working. And you are home, Joy, with no job at, you know, that you have to go to and no, you know, thing that you're really like doing, cause it's about Matt's job here. How does the real life and all of this first year like hardships that happen when that like how how did that unfold? Because it is beautiful. You're you're it's romantic. And it is romantic, but there is definitely hard times when you live internationally.
3: Oh yeah. I would say I would say we have harder times now even though we're used to the craziness that is France. I think a lot of people think like, "Oh, it's France." Like they have some of the most beautiful architecture in the world and they've done some of the most amazing, you know, accomplishments, and yet we're, it doesn't function. If you're an American coming to France, thinking that France can, is going to function like America, like America, you will be in for a large surprise. It is it's yeah. very much a Latin culture, and it's so ahead in so many ways, and so 15 years behind <laughs> in so many other ways. Anyway. It. <laughs> and it's just like the things, you know. I mean, cultural. Difference. I think if we didn't both like find uh the study of different cultures like interesting we would not still be here yeah so we have this like I think the thing that has saved us is the fact that we can both be like this is maddening but then we'll stop and go okay what's three things that we like about us? um so I think we both have like a similar and and sometimes when I get really upset about something like just him going there with me and getting upset with me like helps it's cathartic yeah. you know but if I was married to somebody who was like, it's just what it is. Um, but, oh, man, I, I don't know. When we first, I still, Jeff, your words haunted me that first year because we talked with you about, because I started, a. I don't recommend moving internationally and starting a company the same week, <laughs> which is what I did. Um, and so I started my speaking agency, like, yeah, a week before we moved. Yeah,
0: in. she'd had the idea before, Thing around moving to France really concrete. And then by the time the contract was signed, like Punchline was like ready to go.
3: Yeah. And so it just, you know, the launch of uh, a company that's based in America, not six to nine time zones away. And I remember Jeff saying, why don't you wait? like six months and I was like it's already in motion Jeff don't hold me back <laughs> like I had no like and I they were they were stuffed in my journal and the first like of living every time they like slipped out of my journal I was like why I ought to <laughs> <laughs>
2: To give context, Joy and I have known each other since we were 14. We have some freedom in relationship that we can say things that are really honest. Is that fair?
3: Yes. Well, I come to you for advice, Matt. We both met with We do really respect your insight on so many things. And so that's what I wanted to talk with you about. And that was the one key, like a business perspective about some things. And you took it to the personal, which makes sense. But you guys are doing what you're doing. And look, you know, you and your husband are moving abroad and da da da. Maybe, could you just maybe just put this on hold for a little bit? And the, th- the other reason that I kicked myself is that if I would have moved, like an expat, situation which I didn't understand at the time like if you're if you move with your spouse and your spouse quote-unquote have a job they like give you a stipend for your spouse but because I had a job we didn't get that stipend <laughs> even though that job
0: was like a company that had just won- it was <laughs> like she had like a salary <laughs> I was like it if
3: was- we would have waited you know one to start this we would have gotten that whole stipend so anyways lots of reasons I should have taken your advice so really we should split, flip the table here and start asking you guys uh, for advice on <laughs>
2: So Matt, you marry Joy, who she, Joy has probably read every relationship book that has come out at this time.
1: Like this is like this is her mother and father. Yeah. I mean her, her dad. Yeah,
2: her family is like experts in marriage, if Their that is therapist. Such a thing. Uh, her, her, and your brother, I think too, actually. Is a actually. therapist, yeah. Yeah. And Joy's yeah. like always analyzing all the different new resources coming out and the topics. I mean, she gave me all kinds of stuff I should read about our marriage early on. And so you, you marry this person that apparently kind of is an expert in this, but not married. I'm curious, like, how did that all transpire? How? How did that work out for you?
0: Well, there's like the like dating Joy, you know, or even before. And then like, what's it like being married to someone that had, you know, worked in sort of marriage well, advice, dating advice world. So on the first part, before I did, before we were dating this, is when I kind of like knew who Joy was and then we were dating, like I, so Joy's work around relationships was sort of took place in the Christian context. And like, I didn't become a Christian. So I was like late into my 20s. Like, I had no idea, like, what, like, Love and Respect was, or just, like, I can't think I'd heard about it, you know?
3: That's my father's
0: book. Yeah, that's her dad's book. So, Her dad Respect, which is, like, legitimately, like, an amazing book. Never read it because I was single in my 20s and doing my thing. And then I became a Christian. I wasn't married, so it wasn't like relevant to me. And so when we started dating, it was like, well, you'd like, you know what she does? And like, you know, her dad wrote this book and this and that. And I was like, no, what's the book? Like, I'd never read the book. And even when we got married, I still hadn't read the book. It's like-
3: He still hasn't read the book. I love that, for the yes!
2: record,
1: I love that,
2: that you have never yeah. read the book. That, and you shouldn't now, because now it's like now a thing. I just gotta right?
1: hold on to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, but honestly, when we were dating, I people would be like, oh, well, I'd be like, you know what? Like, please don't tell me like too much about it because I would rather just be me because I knew I liked her a lot and I didn't want to like, I don't know, tailor who i was to like conform to what i might have guessed would have been what she was looking for in a person and so that was like i i was kind of a gamble i think doing that because maybe that was what she was looking for. i don't know but i just felt like it would be easier if she just kind of like knew me for who i was and then and then yeah so i felt like we doing that we really got to know each other well and now being married
3: you realizes he's the better one which <laughs> just no I
0: it's um the cool thing about um Joy's knowledge around relationships and also frankly the biggest piece of advice that Joy will give someone who comes to her for advice is like just seek wisdom like who do you have in your life that you already know that knows you who's wise like what would they do like I'm not this like fount of wisdom it's just like very core kind of basic principles around like who's around you, who's speaking into your life, that kind of stuff. That, it works, you know? And so it's not like this thing that she can lord over me or anyone, because it's, there's-
3: I can't remember stats and data what? and things like that. I'm not, not like spewing- You're not quoting the book?
0: A dirty little secret for someone who works as a literary agent too, by the way, <laughs> she doesn't like to read.
3: <laughs> Which, Andre, I heard- <laughs> In your video series that you guys just released, you said that you are like, there's always a couple in a marriage that doesn't read. And I say that to the authors I work with. I'm like, just something for you to know. I'm a literary agent that does not like to read. <laughs> and I
1: probably <laughs> won't a, read your book.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, I will know those first three sample chapters that we submit to the <laughs> publishers with the back of my hand. But after that, I'm not going to finish your book. <laughs> No, I do. I care about the authors that I work with, but I don't, if I had to like, like he would pick to sit and read. Whereas I am, I am like, I want a Netflix series, something that like has music and I can just like totally get immersed into it. But
2: Well, but now you guys are in, you're in a marriage committed relationship. You're Five, almost five years into it, I, for again, I want to reiterate. Yeah. I'm so glad you haven't read read your dad, mom, and dad's book because that's kind of amazing. Um, but what well,
0: the reality is, being part of the family, I've sort of assimilated a lot of the principles because my I, dad
3: gives them a PowerPoint presentation every time we go home. <laughs> no, but it's it's
0: wonderful actually to have someone in our family who really understands relationships well and is like wise and kind, like why wouldn't I want to ask for advice from time to time, and so I, I think I've probably internalized a lot of the principles. <laughs> just uh, read the book.
2: You just don't know <laughs> it. But what what have the two of you learned now, five years in? Because I, I, the reason why I ask this is because I know Joy has had a lot of knowledge in this area. But then the question is, what works for the two of you, right? Like, what keeps yeah. the two of you connected that you have found as consistent things for your relationship?
3: Yeah, I think we. Um, one of the things I know you guys talk about. Is like being on the same team. I think when we're fighting, like, uh, more often he will say it, like, I can remember we're on the same team here. And that really can always like snap me back into like, why am I pushing? I think when we do fight and I forget that we're on the same team, it's when the, the very thing that we actually admire in each other, we see as like a frustration and a as opposed to like a strengthener to us. You know, as a whole. And that usually happens at three or four o'clock in the morning when we're up feeding <laughs> one of the kids. I mean, I, that's like, I think we're, you've caught us in the middle of a season where I hope that we will look back 10 years from now with a lot more wisdom. Like, I feel like we're kind of in a foggy haze and we are old enough um, that we know this is just the season. Um, but it, man, it's, we've had so much change you know, that's, he was even this morning or what I I feel like I lose track of time because last night was just like so many things like starting confinement again here in France. And like, I haven't seen my family in over a year. They haven't met their newest grandchild. They haven't seen their, our oldest daughter, Millie, who's two since she, before she could walk or talk. Um, And it's really starting to like weigh on me. And then that man itself in like the only person that I hang out with here. (laughs) <laughs> and so I think, and he is always so gracious, but he said, you know, like you have to remember in the last, like we both had so much time as single people. And then we had this huge change of getting married. And then really like in the last 24 months, we've doubled the size of our family and in the middle of a pandemic, you know, both doing, he just had a job change
0: in a foreign country, in a for,
3: you know, it's just like, I think sometimes just being reminded of those things that there's a lot of, even, even when you're so grateful, like you're like, we love these two little kids. We live, you know, if anybody heard us complaining that we lived in Paris, you know, like there's so many things we are grateful for. But then I think when we don't stop and take stock on the the outside stressors, that's when we start seeing these things that like, we love about each other as like huge annoyances. And so then you, he mentioned, uh, the rhythm so that rhythms are one of the things that we've gotten in place since we've lived here, uh, and gotten married and hope that we, and it's easier when you don't have a huge community around you to like, be like, okay, these are our rhythms. Um, and we talk about it often. We're like, when we go back to the States and things get a little bit more like, you know, kids get older, they're in, you know, sports and like all those things, like how will we maintain these rhythms? So
0: Yeah, and just really concretely, that just means, like, not every night of the week, but, like, most days nights of the week are, like, have, like, assigned, like, something. So, like, Mondays, I don't know. Mondays, like, where we started, I think, when we first moved to Paris was, like, creative night. We'd, like, just do something. We'd try to create something. So, it was, like, we'd paint or we'd draw or we'd write or...
3: Do a debate contest. Yeah. (laughs) uh,
0: We'd read great speeches to one another. Just something that felt like we were scratching that. Just to... And it couldn't be the thing that, like, you do all day, right? So even if you feel like your job's, like, really engaging and creative, like, it had to be something that was, like, out of that box. Um, and then Tuesdays have become, like, a night of, like, it's really quiet, like, contemplation and prayer and just, like, really slowing, like, screens off. Everything's, like, quiet, very, like, low-key. Wednesday's date night. We literally instituted a date night when our daughter was two weeks old and we've stuck to it um, because her mother-in-law was here which was pre-pandemic Thursday's free form isn't it
3: yeah Thursday is when like TV can start
0: yeah we don't do t- <laughs> and we don't do TV Sunday night through Wednesday night
3: well um, we try we try but we're not sure.
0: Uh and then you hit the weekend, and there's you know things we do on the weekends. Wednesday morning is croissant Wednesday because it was a way at the same time. Like our daughter loves it; she knows like on Wednesday we go to get croissants, but it also limits our croissant intake. Which, <laughs> by the way, when you're living in France, is super important because <laughs> you'll just eat. But again,
3: we're not legalistic about it. Sometimes <laughs> Friday, Saturday too. There
0: is also those days. Yeah, so. yeah. But things like that too, where you're not. That is something I've loved. We find freedom in that. It sounds, it's weird to have, it's like finding freedom in a little bit of structure because there's not always like a conversation about what we're going to do. Yeah.
1: No, that's really awesome. I love that. I actually have, we have not had somebody give as like detailed like that like per night that's that's really good I really like that one I
2: was trying to figure out which night was the sex night I would I didn't wanna I wasn't sure there was, was like it some the open date nights there the creative I'm curious like or... creative night could lead to something yeah, quiet night could lead to it something
3: every night. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Always on the table. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, but to be fair, though, I mean, you are in the really, really hard years of young ones. You know, you're you've got a uh, toddler and then baby. Are you still breastfeeding too? And all of that. Yeah. Like, you are still up at night. You're still doing all the things. So. This, I can't, I mean, every time we talk about COVID, I just think about the parents with the really young kids and I'm like, oh God, <laughs> I, <laughs> extra prayers.
3: You just ex- can't get away.
1: You just, yeah, yeah. I just, so yes. I'm, and then it's an apartment too. So I'm sure that's also kind of hard, right? With not really having free space and a yard and air and all of that yeah. too. So. Well, the
3: first, the first confinement that we had, the parks were closed and I, I didn't realize like, cause I'm a homebody. Like I, I like being at home. So I was like, I got this. It's great. Like I have to stay home, you know, like in my cozies and whatever. And then there, we were at a point where we were only allowed to go out for one hour every day. And I was walking by a park. I started doing my one hour every day with Millie and I'd push her in the stroller. And I walked by a closed park. And when you live in a big city, like, you know, you're always basically on, you know, concrete jungle. And I was like, I don't remember the last time my foot touched grass. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was like, that was like the mental snap for me. Yeah. And I came to the mat and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. When will I touch grass again? It
0: was I. She's laughing about it, but it was like <laughs> you were scared. Like, resembling like a panic attack of like around grass. I literally there's like a hardware store down the street. I went and bought a little shallow terracotta pot and put like potting soil in it, and then bought like ornamental grasses so that she could put her feet in grass oh. because it was like it was the sweetest
1: thing
0: oh ever. my god, so necessary. She was just had it in her head like. We'll I kind
2: of I kind of want to marry Matt. He's kind of
3: a. Uh,
1: you're you're kind of coming to the top of our list
2: I'm here. I like it, Matt, these days.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a, truly what I said. Like the way that I was in the I, middle of the night, I don't know if you guys remember this from Baby Times. Oh, oh yes. But like something comes over me. Crazy. I am Be- not a kind person in the middle of the night. Oh, yes. And I, I was saying to him earlier today, I was like, you're no, but you you're always a better person than I am. Like you can, (laughs) yes, he's not perfect. He can get upset and angry too. But like for the most part, yeah, I always like look back at the middle of the night. I'm like, what? I say
2: to you at 30. <laughs> so kind of looking back, like this concept of leaving when you guys chose to go to Paris to have this season.
1: What do they call it? Wow. Leave and, leave leave and, and cleave. cleave. Yeah, cleave. that's what it is. Oh, yeah.
2: Trying to remember. You know, you chose to kind of like really have a dedicated time with each other. You know, do you think your expectations or ambitions for that? Did it work? And would you recommend that to others?
0: Well, thanks to the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten more one-on-one time than I think we ever
3: bargained for. Bargained
0: for. <laughs> um, so was it what we expected? I mean, yeah. I would we have signed up for this if someone said, "Hey, you know, third year you're living abroad. There's going to be a global pandemic and everything's going to shut down, and you're going to be living in the most beautiful city in the world, and like you won't be able to enjoy it even a little Touch bit because you're going to be grab. stuck in your home." <laughs> maybe we would have reconsidered it, but I think on the, to the heart of your question, I mean,
3: yes. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, it is what, and sometimes I even think it's better, you know, like we, we know that I've never had a time in my life where I like longed for the last season. I feel like I've always been really excited about what was coming next. And yet when I think about us, cause I, I don't think we'll live in Paris forever. It will be a time that I miss. It really, that, and I love my children, but the time before having our children, It was it had its hard moments with starting the company and all those things and me being really bad at learning languages um and those stressors of all the new. Um, but it really it it was it was also really magical. Yeah. Our first
0: year goes.
3: say, one thing that we did do for anyone that's thinking about it, because we do get contacted by people that are like, Oh, we want to move to France and should we do it? Um, we did um like uh we like met with someone who kind of did personality profiles to ask us just kind of about do we have the personality types to work and live abroad?
0: Yeah. Oh, Before we good. left, the stage, yeah. there was someone who was recommended to us who kind of did this, like, he adapted this sort of like personality assessment and then also used it for like couples counseling. Oh,
3: interesting. Yeah. So it was just kind of like saw us as individuals uh, and how we work well, like where our strengths are for working, but then also how that intertwines together. And he, he like affirmed, he like (laughs) sent us out. He was like, you both have personalities that, will enjoy learning about a new culture. And he's like, if you don't have that, he sometimes works with people who are considering being like uh, missions or working with NGOs. He's like, even if they have a personality profile, that would be great for the work that they want to do. If they don't have that natural inquisitive, like ability to learn and like give and take, you know, in a new culture, he's like, I tell them, no, (laughs) do your job in your home culture. So I think that's something that we recommend to people like make sure you don't have rose colored glasses. And if you're not, yeah. if you're moving somewhere to make yourself happy, yeah. you're not going to be like, yeah. if you're not happy where you currently are moving to Paris is not going to make
0: you yeah. happy. That's yeah. Good. You're just, wherever you go, there you are. Right. If, there's that, Adam, I don't know if you've seen it as a Saturday night live skit with Adam Sandler where he's like realistically portraying like what he's like this Italian trip guy, like where he's like, listen, like, if you're sad in the United States, you're going to be sad in Italy. Like and he does like a math. This is like, this is sad you in the United States. This, <laughs> this is, is sad, sad you in Italy. France. like, it's not going to make you happy. And I think that's one thing where it's like living abroad, like you can't run away from yourself. Um, and yeah, I think living abroad in that way really makes you get in tune with like who you are. There's
3: legitimately a psychological uh, disorder. Oh yeah. Called this
0: is fascinating.
3: Paris syndrome. And it's mm. for particularly women who have moved to Paris because they think it's going to fulfill some, you know, fantasy in their head. And then they get here and they suffer from like severe depression because it is not what they expected.
1: That is so, crazy. So
2: it's not quite like Emily in Paris. Like the, it's not it, the, well, it's
3: exactly <laughs> like that, but you just, you know, <laughs>
1: all right one question what do you wish that we asked you that we haven't asked you yet you
3: guys are good question askers
1: yeah it's mostly jeff he's really good at it (laughs)
3: um
0: i think there was something in your questions around like maybe this i don't know what you have in mind around like how you end up Balancing mm-hmm. work. It's like the nature of the There's this
3: great book and podcast out <laughs> called Lover Work. And, <laughs> and, and so um, how do
1: you balance it? I wish you'd yeah. asked me about that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, Andre, you were just saying, like, you're in that season where you've got two kids in diapers. I've heard someone call it The Valley of the Diapers. It's like this, <laughs> it's legitimately like something. Yeah, like you can measure people's happiness, like kind of mean happiness, and it like really it dips will take a hit in this season of life. It's a
1: big dip right there. Yep,
0: I compare my life to like a pint glass sometimes. Like, you, I feel like I've only got so much room, Mm -hmm. and so my life fills up with stuff, but at the end of the day, there's just got to be a little bit of room at the top for like the foam on the beer, right? Mm -hmm. This is the unexpected stuff that happens in life, and there has been a ton of unexpected stuff this year so like once you put in like yeah. marriage kids like job in a foreign language like in a foreign city like you're getting like so close to the top of the pine glass yeah that when crazy stuff happens like here's a novel coronavirus from you know the ends of the earth that's like the whole world's gonna shut down and you're gonna we didn't even talk about this our our son we delivered our son joy delivered him like <laughs> at home like we were literally like in the room next door in the middle of a global pandemic, like it was crazy. And so how do you balance all that? Like there's no way to, there's no such thing as balance in that scenario. It's more just like, Mm -hmm. I think where I live in that is whatever you're doing, like be as present as you can. I heard someone call it like the fly rod technique. You're just like, you're going that way. And then you're going that I love fly fishing. And that makes a lot of sense to me. That's like, whatever you're doing, do it intensely, but then don't forget to switch and do the other thing. Yeah. Um, and that's what has worked for me. But my pint glass overflows a lot still.
1: Yeah. What do you think well, about think, it, Joy? As like a woman and now a mom of two, which happened very quickly. Yeah. And then starting a new business. I mean, all of it's been, how, how are yeah. you handling work and all of it now?
3: Yeah. I think um, we, I think one of the reasons we do establish like the creative night, the prayer night, the date night is because we both, We need to switch gears. Like we both really do love to work, and I think for me, like a struggle has been the fact that I uh, enjoy working. I love my kids, but I enjoy working more than being a parent. Mm -hmm. I like playing with my kids. I like delight in them, but the actual like responsibility of a parent, like I. I will be at I go to WeWork here and I'll be at WeWork and I'm just like so energized and then I'll be with my kids and I'm like oh, I need that,
1: <laughs> you know? Or and like 5 like, minutes your energy is gone where yeah. you could do 8 hours at work and feel amazing.
3: Yeah, I think you and I are similar in that and it's like you know, my mom is like the mother of all mothers. Like she really, she wanted, she came from a broken home and she wanted to have a family and be a mom. And she wanted to homeschool us. And she like still loves to just like, I mean, my, I would come home in high school and that was before cell phones and all these things. I'd come home and like, friends from high school would be over hanging out with my mom and her feeding them. You know, like that's just the type of like woman she is. She loves to host and she's so great at that. And that's not my necessarily my gift mix. And so I think our early days were a lot of me like wondering if there was something wrong in that regard and I'm so thankful that I have a partner who really like believes in me. Like there was times where I was like Maybe I just, maybe I just need to do the full-time mom thing, you know, like they, we don't have family here to help us. And, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and blah, blah, blah. And I remember him telling me when I, before we had our second kid, he was just, and I was pregnant and just thinking through those things. He was like, I really believe that you will be a better mom if you're working. And he just kept telling me that over. And it's like, he knew it. Like I was just anxious at the end of my maternity leave. Like, can I do this? And the minute I went back to work, I was just like quite happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to have someone that knows you and believes in you. And so I think in that way, I almost, you know, being with somebody else, I just, I don't know if I would have, um, I don't know if I would be encouraged in my work as much as I am with him. Like he really, really believes in me. And that's so life giving. So yeah, I don't know, I
0: mean. Yeah, well, it's been really interesting to see Joy navigate that too, because there's a whole set of questions she asks herself as a mom that I think guys don't always, like, internalize as much around. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that question of, like, should I stop working? And I think is way more present with the women I'm friends with. They, like, it really comes up in their lives, the ones who are working outside the home. And it's been really interesting to watch Joy kind of navigate that and identify, like, what it means to, like, not only just like, oh, I love my kids, but like, is that where I'm always getting my energy from? But also like it legitimately, I still believe this. Like, I think she's a better mom. She It's like she's got this itch she needs to scratch if she's not working. And if she doesn't scratch it, then she's not as like, you know, she's not her whole self, which means that she's not really the same, the best mom that I think she could be. And that's just the way she's wired. I I realize it's different for different people.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's but good. That's been a
0: really, really interesting journey to just talk to her about and, and navigate.
3: I think, and I, I think you guys are similar in this too. I feel like you have very different jobs, very different jobs, but you also both really love that the other person loves what they do. And so in that you can't not be involved. Like I've learned so much about green bonds and like <laughs> <laughs> sustainable finance. And like I, we both are very engrossed in each other's work. I call him my unpaid intern, but he really is so much more than that. He's on my board. And it's like, he's just, that's what we talk about on date nights, but it's fun. Like we really, I sometimes think about couples that don't take an interest in each other's jobs. Even like, even if there is one parent who's at home full-time with the kids like mm-hmm. I think if they're not asking each other like what you were doing throughout the day like I can't I don't know I can't imagine a marriage like that mm-hmm. um,
2: yeah well a- I, I I totally agree with that although I'm not really interested when she sees patients that have STDs that day I'm not really that <laughs> he doesn't like
1: <laughs> he doesn't like it when I talk about other men's penises <laughs> that's really what he's trying to tell you it's just not really I, I don't know I'm like like over dinner you know. No, just casually mentioning it. He's not very happy. It about doesn't that. really make the date night great.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're down to our last question, which is the question we ask every couple, every interview. Is it possible to change the world, stay in love, and raise a healthy family?
0: Yes, definitely first two on the third like we're really on the front of that based on 24 months of evidence
1: based on last night (laughs) 3am our
3: daughter has had a cold her entire life so when you say healthy family I don't know what you mean by that but I think we're failing
2: (laughs) that's the best answer I've heard honestly
1: (laughs) this is the best they're like she's like like sleep deprived brain fog my goodness Oh, I love it.
2: And now it's time for the breakdown.
1: Oh, that was a fun, fun interview.
2: It was. It was so good to talk to an old friend.
1: And they are in it. They are in now called reconfinement. They first were in confinement, which is basically shut down from COVID. And now they're in reconfinement, their second shutdown. Can we talk about... With small kids. With small... Not small kids, like infants and toddlers. And in an apartment, and in a city they can't go out in. Oh, and no yard. No they grass. They
2: don't show that on Emily and Paris.
1: <laughs> no grass.
2: No grass. That was cute when they talked about the, the grass thing. I would How be about, longing for grass. What did you think about their their weekly rhythm?
1: I loved it. I feel like it got my mind all going of like what we're going to do now. So oh. we're going we're gonna to do something like this. Just preparing you. It might not be the same, you know, as quite exactly how they are setting theirs up. Yeah, but we're definitely doing this. I I think I think it's really interesting. I really like it. I also really love that um, kind of when they were talking about that year for them in Paris. I thought that was so uh, great and kind of bold and interesting that they just like created this hard boundary of that this was how they were going to build the foundation of their marriage. And sure, come to Paris, but you're not staying with us. We're not hosting you. Enjoy these sites, but we are here for us. And I think that was such a healthy, great boundary right off the bat. That worked for us. Yeah, we moved to Chicago. We got married, moved to Chicago, and we were there
2: for about a year and then went to Atlanta again. And it was great because we had to figure out what we thought life should look like for us. In yeah. contrast to our families, in contrast to our individual lives. It was healthy. Yeah. I would recommend that to every young couple. Yes, I
1: agree. I think maybe
2: not go to Paris. <laughs> that's a little but like go to a new location, build a new life together.
1: Yeah. She also talked about how very often we the thing that we admire in the other person, we actually start to see as frustration. And it starts to become frustrating and starts to become more. And I thought. Wow, if that's not the root of so many fights that we have, uh, it is very true. And how you have to really step back. And if you're looking at each other on the same team idea, that you're remembering those strengths in each other, like your strength is different than my strength. And it's actually a positive and not such a frustrating part. You know, it was mm-hmm. good to remember that. I think that's the root of a lot of
2: fights. You know, it's funny, they talked about this concept of mourning each other not finding each other sooner,
1: <laughs> which
2: I thought that was a really beautiful thing that they said. But the funny thing for us, is that we've been together so long, I don't really remember. <laughs> I mean, we're starting...
1: That's called, we're like old married couple now, see? Yeah. They're still five years in. I in was love. thinking,
2: you I, when she they were talking about it, I was thinking, I bet Andre's mourning not having... A life? That individual time <laughs> longer. Maybe Uh, So good to to hang with Joy and Matt today, wasn't it?
1: (laughs) Yes, it was so good So uh, anyways, we hope you enjoyed this episode And that is another one Love or or work. work This episode was recorded by our favorite, Matt Owen, for Soul Graffiti Productions.